welcome to Health Kitchen, the podcast that talks all things health, safety, and performance when it comes to restaurants and the food service industry. I'm Aaron, kinesiologist, former dishwasher, server, bartender, and I will be guiding us through this journey as I connect with industry professionals, health experts, and anyone who has a good story in the food service industry. Hello, 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 and we have made it to episode nine of the Health Kitchen podcast, and that's a big deal, because most podcasts don't make it past episode seven, so I'm officially made it farther than most podcasts, so pat on the back for me, and thank you to everyone who's been listening to this point in time, all my 40-ish subscribers and uh, about 250 listens so far. So it's been really fun so far, and I'm excited to keep doing it. Now, over this journey, we've talked with chefs. We've talked with a kinesiologist who's also a bartender. We've talked with baristas. I've talked with managers. I've talked with sustainability experts, and I've also talked with a chef from the military. One thing I did notice is that I haven't talked with many service staff. Mostly, I've been talking with Heart of House teams, so chefs, sous chefs, whatever it may be. And that's really great, but it's really fun for me when I get to talk shop with another server. Because being a server in a restaurant, you are such a jack-of-all-trades. You do so many different things on top of also taking care of the guests. So... I was really excited when I got to go and record this interview with two servers who work downtown Toronto, and they've done it all, and they have all sorts of stories. And they really reminded me a lot of myself when I was first starting out in the restaurant industry and growing into the career I had while I was in it. So it was really, really fun. And I think I have a lot of people who aren't from the restaurant industry who are listening to this podcast, and they have really had their eyes open to some of the things that go on behind the scenes to getting food to arriving at your table. Now, you probably aren't fully aware if you don't come from the industry, how much magic is happening on the front of house side to be able to bring that food to your table and create an experience for you. And I think today's interview really shows you how adaptable servers have to be and uh, how much fun you can have serving guests, but also the challenges that come with that. So without further ado, I am going to introduce our guests. Today, I don't only have one guest, but I have two guests. So today's guests go by the name of Vanessa and Charissa. And they've both been serving tables for a few years now in all sorts of different places. 
and you can really tell when you listen to his interview just how many different places they've worked and the experience they have behind that. We get to talking about all sorts of things when it comes to health and performance for servers, the challenges that come with working in restaurants depending on what type of management you have, working in smaller places all the way up to corporate restaurants, and this interview was also just a complete blast. So I hope that you enjoy it just as much as I did recording it. So without further ado, let's go listen in. Yeah, we'll get into it. So I am sitting here with Vanessa and Charissa, who are both servers and bartenders in Toronto, also working in other fields at the same time. But I thought I would give each of you the floor just to kind of describe what you do, what you talk about, and we'll go from there. Cool. So I'm Vanessa. Um, I've been in the industry now for four years. Um, I started at 18. Uh, Fresh. Nice. (laughs) Really fresh, yeah. Um, I'm still in the industry, even though I have a full-time job. Um, so I work Monday to Friday in an office, and then I moonlight as a bartender now. So evenings and weekends are spent um, making cocktails. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm Trissa. I work full-time in the service industry in two different places, in a bar and a restaurant. Um, I started when I moved to Toronto in, oh man, like three or four years ago, I think now. Yeah. So you were 18. Um, 18, yeah. So. Yeah. And I kind of just started it as a host and worked my way up to now bartending. Nice. So I have a, all of the fields. Yeah. <laughs> and all the restaurant industry. So like busing, hosting, yeah. servings, like doing delivery prep, all of that type of stuff. I kinda yeah. Do. You kind of end up doing everything, right? Yeah. I had yeah. a manager back in the day. I said, you have a job title, not a job description. Yes. Oh my God. So <laughs> you just kind of do whatever Relatable. is required <laughs> within reason, usually. I was like acting AGM for a while too, which was interesting oh that's fun <laughs> no right? it was not no, it's a, <laughs> yeah i've always been when it comes to management i never really did it yeah they're always do you want to manage and i'm like no no i don't I, it's I don't. hard enough as it is it was it, i was just like kind of thrown into it like i wasn't really given an option like yeah. our agm quit on us like really spur of the moment and then our gm was like okay so i need your help yeah. And I was like, okay, I've got you. Like, come on, we've got this. We're a team. We've got this. And then next thing I know, it was a year later, and I was still acting AGM without the pay. Yeah, <laughs> so right? that's fun. That's fun <laughs> I feel like that kind of happens. So as a server, like, yeah. you're just kind of left on your own. You're on your own so many th- times. Like, yeah. I work morning shifts a lot, and my manager is just out doing stuff. Yeah. In the office or whatever. So if there's issues on the floor, I'm always my own manager. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll just deal with this on myself. Here you Standard. go. Like, Here's a coupon. Here you go. Like, yeah. I'll get this off the bat. Come back soon. Yeah. You <laughs> exactly. eventually get really good. Like, if you're working on your own like that as a server, yeah. you can, like, figure out how to get everything done. Because you're like, well, it's easier for me just to know. Yeah. Everything. And just to not waste my time going to get the manager who's not going to do it and then tell me that I still have to do it. So it's just easier to just take it upon myself and do it. Yeah. Funny aside, I literally learned a manager's login code so I could just do it myself. <laughs> I just watched their code do it and I was like, duly noted, because there's going to be a time yeah. when they're not going to be around and, and I'm going to need this it. done. Mm-hmm. And I've I'm just going to tell them about it after I've done it. Yeah, I've done that. Do you really need to tell them though? Sometimes, because it, it comes up on like the readout yeah, at night, yeah. so if somebody's actually really looking. Only if it's like a shocking number, like if you comp like a round of drinks <laughs> or something, then it's like shocking and they're like, what did you do? And I'm, 
then you have to explain it. But then you have to explain if it's yourself. just a drink or, you know, a 10% discount, you're good. <laughs> right. You're good. Um, so how did you get your start, Vanessa? Because you started at 18. Did you just yeah. out of necessity? Sorry? Was it out of just necessity? Kind of. Like, I, <laughs> I've always worked a ton of jobs because my parents don't make a lot of money. So when I turned 17, I was like struggling because my dad had told me, he's like, I'm sorry, I can't pay for you, you, your university. Wow, that was a fumble. Um, but he's like, I can't pay for university. I'm really sorry, you're on your own for university. And then I was like, fuck. Um, and then my cousin at the time was working at a higher end restaurant. And she was like, you should get into serving. And I was, I didn't really know much about it. And I blindly went into it. I started at the same high-end restaurant as her as a host, and then I got tired of hosting because I was like, this really isn't that great of money, and I'm doing BS work. And then I lied and went to a sports bar, and I was like, yeah, I have so much experience, uh, you know, flip, hair flip. And then they hired me, and I made a fool of myself <laughs> for about six months. I'm surprised yeah. I didn't get fired. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. And then I ended up like moving to Toronto and that's kind of where I learned the ropes and serving has done me well. Yeah. It has done me well. Yeah. So it paid the tuition. Moral <laughs> of the story, my goal, it was accomplished. Yeah. I paid off so. my student loans in like a year with a serving job. Yeah. Just, like all my tips and everything went to that. Well, like, that's it was the so thing. easy because I just like walked them to the bank on my walk home, put them straight right. into the account that paid that and then just like. That's the thing though. Like even me, when I got into the service industry, because it was out of necessity, I guess I'll say, um, I didn't spend a dime of my tips unless it went to school so like yeah. my books I classified as school my transportation I classified as school and then tuition I classified as school and yeah. it paid every single thing but then you have those servers that go and spend their entire tips right after <laughs> they're done their shift yeah and they have nothing to show for it so <laughs> I yeah I know I'm not gonna mention names it's fine <laughs> it's fine uh, it's yeah that's something that's interesting like yeah occupationally in the field is a lot of servers can make a lot of money and they can be gone so quickly so quickly at the same time right if you don't, uh, if you don't keep like sort of a control on that yeah it's um, hard it was hard because you're young you're like I was 18 right and you were 18 shower so it was like hard because like you have all this money at the end of the night and you're like, well, I don't know what to do with it. And then it's like, well, what's $20? And next thing you know, you're like, it's all gone, right? So it's really easy to spend it and not know what to do with it, especially when you don't have that parental guidance to be like, okay, well, you should be saving it. You should be putting it away. You should, you know, so it's hard when you're young. But. Yeah. And it's so much money so fast. Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> I think that's another thing. Um, it's not huge money in the grand scheme of things. It's not. But it's a lot of money. When you're 18. When you're 18. Or when, like anything under 25, it's like a lot of money, I would say. Because yeah. like 25, that's when life starts to get real. At least in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally, yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. It makes sense. So it is what it is, but. It is what it is. Yeah, I kind of broke it in the same way. I served all through university yeah. to sort of pay the bills and all that sort of stuff. And then I continued it after I finished mm -hmm. school because I... Uh, it was a really great way to continue making money as I broke into the field as a kinesiologist right. um, and uh, continued doing that and pushing through 
you know, all the good stuff. All the great all stuff. All the great stuff. All depending the on, Depending on where you're, like, serving and, you know. All the dog like, shit, entry-level position <laughs> salaries. Yeah, right? Depending on what <laughs> they great. are. It's, it's great. great. Depending it's... on how it shakes out, it's totally <laughs> fine. And, or, yeah, depending on how you look at it. But right. interesting. So um, can you give me an idea of, like, the volume of the places that you currently serve at? Like, number of customers yeah. and things like that. So... Do you want all the restaurants or just like the one that I'm just at the now? one right now? Or okay. you can say like I've done it all. I've done it all. So I'll, I have done it all. I've done like <laughs> from up to like four hundred person restaurants. I've done seven hundred person weddings. I've done yeah. the whole thing. So the first restaurant I worked at was like semi formal, like not fine dining. I guess it's like a step below that. That was very corporate, and we would definitely fill like every night. But we also were in like this was suburbia, so we were in a parking lot with like the movie theater so we would yep. still get those like late night rushes which was so annoying um but because it was so new into the industry i don't actually know like what sales were like anything like that like i had no idea um but if i were to guess i would say that that restaurant did about 30 grand a day yeah which is yeah. pretty fair pretty fair yeah. and then the next restaurant that i went to was a sports bar and i would say we made about 40 to 50k a day as well because it was so busy and again same situation we are in a parking lot with the movie theater and also with a arcade so yeah. we got a lot of that um and then the third restaurant was the same company just a different location yeah. and without mentioning names it was the it is the largest restaurant in canada which can seat 900 people at any given time. Wow. I'm wondering if you can pick it without me mentioning names. Uh, it's close to Tourist Toronto. Uh, cor- I, you know what? I will talk about it, see if my guess is right off, okay. off the air. Off uh, the see air. See if I get it right. Okay. Because uh, I have a guess. I'm pretty sure you know the guess. I think that, yeah. But I think everything you I've heard so far, I think I can yes. guess it. But. And it was insane. Yeah. And that restaurant, on any given day, we would make one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a Insane. day. And on New Year's, I remember one year we made two hundred and ten thousand dollars in one day, which was insanity. Yes. And then, by the, the way, anybody who's listening, that means sales for the restaurant, not the servers. Right. It was just I, the I, server. I, yeah, I, know. I, I just hear because I always know. Bill when, Gates, like, I'm on your level. Right. Exactly. Right. We're making money. Uh, I just know in the background that, like, I don't know if you go on Reddit. And, like, yeah. Every time there's a th- talking about servers, tips, and everything. People don't get it. Well, people are always like, servers are so rich. And I'm like, those billionaire <laughs> servers, and that totally. It's just not. to clarify. Yeah, it's definitely not. <laughs> Uh, the restaurant that I'm at currently is actually pretty small. We make about 10k a day, but um, because it's smaller, we get larger sections. So I find that I'm actually making more money at this yeah. restaurant than any other restaurant that I've ever worked at. That makes sense. So this one is small. I would say it could fit about. Well, our capacity is 225, so it could fit about 225. Yeah. But like we make about 10k a day, and it's very very corporate as well. So okay. we don't get much late night, which is fun. <laughs> That's great. It is great. Those unexpected late night dishes. I found that too. I worked for um, a restaurant company and like the last one before I left the field. Mm -hmm. It was like a smaller restaurant. So we're talking like we would do 200 people a night in total. Um, I don't know the capacity of the place, but that could be a feel. Like if I saw like, you know, 200 at the end of the night, I knew it was a busy night. But because (laughs) of the nature of the place, you have less people working and because of the your sections were sometimes much larger and that's how you ended up making more, more money. money actually. Yeah. And I think the the um, abilities of the employees were a little bit greater. They're like stronger. They had more experience because yeah. it was the nature of the place. You needed to know more about the menu. You, needed you have to, to do it all. Yeah, you had to do it all. Yeah. 
um, and you had to be able to make it all work <laughs> compared to, I think, in, depending on some corporate places that take a lot more beginner servers, it's mm-hmm. like, you serve. This yes. is your job. Don't step outside of it. Right. Mm-hmm. That was many of the restaurants that I worked at the sports bar, but yeah, yeah, so. it's fine. It's life. Yeah, right. It's uh, that's fine. So if so, okay. So you've been working in some pretty busy, places, pretty busy restaurants, right? So yeah. like long shifts. I can already imagine like we're looking yeah. like five, six, seven, eight hours <laughs> More, longer, longer, late <laughs> into the night, all yes. that sort of stuff. Yes. Now, occupationally, uh, occupational health stuff, because this is what I always think about. Um, as a kinesiologist. As a kinesiologist, <laughs> which I'll drop all the time. Um, but, like, you know, I just drop it. In that always reminds me of Friends when, like, Ross is like, I'm a doctor, guys. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, as a kinesiologist. But I always think about that. And, you know, the number of steps you're doing, yes. those sorts of things, carrying Absolutely. trays. Did you ever find anything, like, wore you down particularly? Well... Like, I guess in the biggest restaurant that I worked at, the one before where I am now, the sports bar, um, I would carry my phone, and phones are so great now, and they track your steps, which is wonderful. And there was, like, nights where I would do, like, 30,000 steps just at work alone. And it was insanity. And I, like, I never really thought about that while I was on my shift because you're kind of just like, this is what I have to do. I have to do it. Go, 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 right? And it's like, you don't think about it. And then when you stop and you're doing your cashier, you're like, wow, my legs hurt. Wow, my feet hurt. Yeah. My knees, they're like, what? They're like grinding. Like, they're so painful. But um, I didn't really think about that, like, during my shift. But that was really crazy. It's, like, hard to even think. Um, What was your question? That's pretty well (laughs) it. Like, that's, uh, like, anything that stood out to you, occupational, like, that made it, like, tough for your body. Oh, my God, yeah. And then, like, carrying trays, like, when you're carrying, like, the smaller, I don't know, my one restaurant had, like, small trays that were about, like, 12 inches in diameter. And then we have the bigger ones, which are, like, almost 24 inches in diameter. But the bigger ones, you can carry, like, 12, 15 drinks on there. And they're full pints, right? So you're, I personally carry with my left. Um, And then drop them off with my right because I'm right-handed. But um, that was hard, too. Like, I found that my hands and carrying plates, like, my hands would hurt and my elbow would hurt, weirdly enough. And so would my shoulders and my lower back and... Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you don't think about what hurts, and then you're like, oh, I'm lying down in bed, and everything is, everything's on fire. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, and the and the, the weight that you don't think about. So, like, yeah. carrying, because you load up with plates. Right. And I think, like, when I'm in the gym training people, mm-hmm. you know, you might do, like, delt raises with, like, a 10-pound dumbbell. Right. And that's really heavy. And then, right. like, oh, yeah, we're just going to carry a tray doing, like, the exact same Which shoulder Which is, position. like, 20 pounds. It's, like, yeah, so 20, much heavier. 25 pounds. And you have something that's, like, precarious and balanced. Also, like, though, like, it. yeah. But also, though, like, I don't know about you, Char, but, like, I'm the type of person, when I have a four top, I want to take all that, like, all that glassware yeah. and all those plates at once. Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't like doing two trips. Like, that's totally me. So I will stack them in the weirdest positions and, like, carry the heaviest trays, and I'll be, like, rushing to the back dish pan. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, my wrist is going to break. My wrist is going to break, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, um, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just kind of do it, right? right? I was lucky enough, I worked at a restaurant company that found it unprofessional to do the, like, carry four or five plates. Like, <laughs> they made a policy that they said, this is a higher-end place, but they're like, you will never carry more than three plates. Yeah, because it's one, one, yeah, one, two, three. Yeah. One, two, three, which yeah. I, which was actually good. On, in like, hindsight, yeah. In hindsight, because it's like, it just feels better for everyone. It's a little bit easier to carry than be like, Carrying five plates, is, you know, and this is a really long restaurant, so you yes. can carry them far. far yeah. Um, so it was the sort of thing where it was, it would make it made a lot of sense, and I kind of like that 
as an occupational health policy too right. to say like we're only going to do three plates right. go get help but then on the other hand now you're doing more steps yeah. you are doing so, more steps yeah I mean I would rather do the steps over like getting carpal tunnel or like you know whatever like tearing a nerve or I don't know I don't know what happens <laughs> when you carry plates but yeah. I think I would rather do the steps than like break my wrist <laughs> I think it, it depends on what part of the body we're looking at that's fragile mm -hmm. in that situation and I think um a lot of people are stronger in their lower bodies than their upper bodies. That's like, fair. Their that's upper body me. can take less abuse, comparably. That's yeah. fair. And takes longer to recover. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. Yeah, because, uh, well... The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Um, the upper body has less blood flow. Okay. Um, so... I guess gravity. I, yeah, I'm gravity. making no sense. <laughs> that's okay. That's, no, but it's, uh, it's, it's less blood flow just right. by nature. So, you know, if you ever heard, like, somebody gets a shoulder injury... Yeah. And it, it takes, takes forever. forever to heal. It's yeah. because there's less blood flow so there's less repair going to those structures right because the blood is what repairs it yeah to get right. the nutrients or whatever it great is, 10 but, science <laughs> right there you go um so it's easier because the lower body usually has a little yeah. bit more blood flow you can usually you know get around things and right. work around it that way but upper body is a little bit more vulnerable so okay i you know and it d really depends on the person right so like it you know you might get somebody who's like totally fine in their upper body but like has a knee injury or has bad ankles Don't skip leg day right don't skip leg day or like has flat feet even you know yeah never knew also the like past injuries too i'm sure would play into that too right totally. like if you're a sports player like i broke my collarbone once yeah. so that helped Didn't yeah help. that, that will help play into that right right, right 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 and, and everything's obviously contextual to the individual and figuring out what's going to yeah. work for them but if we look at like organizationally what can we do to like prevent problems we try and find what that stressor is and then remove it as best we can and if we mm -hmm. can't remove it we train people to do things better mm -hmm. uh that's kind of the you know yeah. angles that we'll try to attack things with that's interesting. um when we're working and those those sort of solutions that we bring forward but you know, it's interesting because I have been running around my little soapbox bringing this up. Mm -hmm. But I think there's sort of a change happening in the industry. And you've been in it for a while. I think yeah. there is, um, people are waking up to these sorts of things. I think definitely. Like, I don't know. When I first started serving, like, I was just a number. Yep. Right? And you're just an employee. And I mean, like, granted, I've worked in very diverse restaurants. So, like, each restaurant kind of has their own policies and whatever. And I've been at my current restaurant now for two years. So I'm kind of like jaded by what they their practices are. But I mean, as far as I know, I'm still just a number to them, you know, but there's been a lot of I, I don't want to say uproar, but there's been a lot of changes. Like people are willing to speak up and be like, yeah. you know, like I'm not feeling well, not feeling well, meaning like, you know, I'm exhausted or, you know, my back hurts or like I threw out my back or whatever. And they're more willing to, to kind of like confront the issues and not take the shit of the managers or like the corporate life right yeah. so um i think that's yeah a lot of people are starting to stand up more i think that's two side of a coin if you're going to yeah. treat your employees like a number then they're going to your employees are going to treat you back with the same amount of respect yeah, yeah for sure um, for sure especially in a place like toronto where we have a restaurant about every four feet yeah um it's and really, also people knocking on doors like it's fucking yeah water like it's a revolving door of the restaurant industry. Yeah, so, so yeah. it's really easy to be like, if you're going to treat me badly, I'm just going to hop next door. And they'll yeah. hire me. And they'll like hire tomorrow. me yeah. tomorrow. So exactly what I did. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Can you, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, or? I work, I work at the same bar that she does. And uh, like the new management kind of came in 
just because of the revolving door that we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. managers come in and then they leave and they come in and leave, especially a lot of out of country people, I find. So, we have, have, well, we have a very have a lot traveler of, population that, like, is here on their two year visa. They yeah, want to exactly. travel, they want to see the world, oh, which yeah. I don't blame them. Like, I would do the exact same thing yeah. if I had balls, but I don't. So, <laughs> but we're also like a small pub, so we get a lot of managers that are brand new. They have no experience. They're learning. They're learning exactly. So when the new managers came in, they kind of just took things upon themselves. We're like, I'm in charge. I'm going to change everything, and I'm going to make it how I want it to be. So before, I think it was kind of us just running the restaurant. We were like really happy. We were all worked together. As a that team. was when was I was really aging. Yeah. Um, I kept everyone happy. <laughs> it was a really good restaurant Don't to work to in. We made amazing money once again because it was a small, yeah. low end, not low end, but low popularity. Yeah, I don't know how to say that. Well, I know what you mean. It was like very like low key, like low key. Yeah. So yeah. like the people that came there came there and they knew it and it was regular. We were friends with we were, everyone. Yeah, we were friends yeah. with everyone. Um, but then when the new management come in, they kind of changed everything and then they just they picked their favorites. So. Yes. They were just like, I like you, I like you, I like you. And everybody else frankly, go fuck it yourself. was either <laughs> people you were related to or somebody that you just really liked because they were cute. I find that yeah, happens a lot in the restaurant industry. So I kind of was just like, I'm over this. I'm going to go jump next door to the restaurant instead of the bar. So yeah. at the restaurant. It's literally a block away. It's literally, <laughs> yeah, it's a two, it's a song. It's a song away. So yesterday, actually, I worked at both restaurants and just like, seeing the comparison and the differences like both of them are so toxic but in their own ways but in their own ways but in their own ways yeah, yeah. so i worked 12 hours yesterday and speaking of like how many calories you're burned or whatever i actually have an apple watch so yesterday i worked yeah you guys I I that she's pulling that. this up i have yeah, it up right here yeah tell me some, i had 20 20,851 steps. Yep. I my distance is 15.8 kilometers, and I climbed 32 flights of stairs. Because at the restaurant that I work, work in, glue. I work upstairs. So mm. all of the things that, like all of the dishes and everything, they come from the kitchen downstairs. Yep. We bring them upstairs. They serve. We put them in bus bins and we bring them back downstairs. Yep. So I found working at the bar, it was a different type of hurt compared to working at the restaurant like at the bar I was exhausted my feet hurt from running around so fast like it's always busy I'm constantly moving so my feet hurt but I found more that when I worked at the restaurant like my back hurts my hands hurt like and they just kind of like oh well too bad like we sucks to be you sucks to be you exactly like we had a we had an elevator in the restaurant but it broke down and they refused to get it fixed because it's too much money Mm. but meanwhile (laughs) all of the staff were complaining every single day because we have to bring these bus bins of ginormous heavy dishes up and down the stairs also though if you're not through if you're not carrying that bus bin right like you can hurt your back oh, yeah. too oh yeah, yeah totally like i lived with your legs not with your there's back. been so many injuries i've heard <laughs> yeah, of on so these stairs <laughs> yeah. yeah there's so many injuries on these stairs alone and like just to bring the dishes or the plates up to the guests we use like these ginormous cookie sheets yeah. We aren't trained how to carry these cookie sheets, so we literally just plop them up on our shoulder yep. and hold them with our hand and just walk up these four flights of stairs. Yeah. And, like, we don't get any training. You don't get How many times how... have you dropped a plate on those stairs? Not yet. Not oh, yet. I've tripped a good couple job. times. It's been a close call a couple times for sure, but you've definitely learned I would definitely to... be the one to drop everything. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really tough, especially when you're busy on that, like, Saturday night, UFC, hockey, yeah. Raptors nights. Those Raptors are... Raptors nights. Those are insane, so... I think it depends on the style. I think it... Okay, so I think there's sort of two... Um, 
conflicting things happening here mm-hmm. that causes the the business to maybe not focus on that. So I think a smaller place with a that's not a big chain, possibly that's not a consistent thing mm-hmm. um, across the country, across the city, whatever yeah. it may be, um, because the business is going is their their business practice is to create an experience that's consistent across their restaurants, mm-hmm. and they're going to create a policy and a planning around their um, service style, whatever it may be, to kind of. If you go to any location, you're going to get the same level of service, but yeah. that to create that, you have to create a lowest common denominator. And the thing with that is if you're going to do that, then you can take maybe a lower level um, employee or somebody who doesn't have as much experience and be able to get them in and you know mm-hmm. train them to this sort of low level, whatever it may yeah, be. Right. A smaller, uh, more serious place that may be only one location that place stays open because the people they've hired are quality enough, they're, they're bringing a level of service, they're taking care of their regulars. Um, that's yeah. what's creating that business to run compared yeah. to I'm thinking of all our regulars right yeah. now. Right? And compared to a chain that just says, oh, well, anyone who's passing through will yeah. see the chain and say, okay, I know what I'm going to get. It's familiar there. face, it's right? It's familiar, or yeah, I'm going to get like a familiar sort of service, right. but it's not the employee that... Right. That it's the it's the company. It's the company, yeah. right? And that's sort of to It's a very suburban thing, I find. I yes, it's a very that. suburban thing. Yeah. And that's a that's a whole different can of worms that I don't really understand <laughs> why that's a thing. Uh, I served in Guelph. It's safe that's um, why. for years and then I served downtown, you don't have any chance. No. Um so when I was downtown, it's like that's what you're doing. You have your clientele, you have to bring a higher level of service, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And the people you're hiring have to be a certain level, so you're going to cater to them to a certain amount. You're going to be like, right. well, I can't lose this bartender because they bring in X amount of money because of who they are. Right. Right. Whereas when I was in, well, we'll say the south end of Guelph, mm-hmm. but when we're in the south end, I'm sure you don't know what that means, but it's like suburbia. <laughs> uh, it's like suburbia Guelph, all and suburbia. you're doing all the chains. <laughs> It doesn't matter as yeah. much. I like to say when I worked at the chain, I never served the same person twice. Yeah, I could see I that. I was much more anonymous as a server. Mm-hmm. I made money, and I had my shifts I worked, but I never served the same people twice. Right. Um, and that wasn't a, yeah, and that wasn't a positive or negative of that. It was just, it was just how it is. Yeah. Right? It was just a restaurant. It was just a restaurant, but I think that plays into a lot of how we support our employees within that. Yeah. And how we support, like, injuries, occupational health, whatever call you, right. comes out of that uh, need as a business. Absolutely. So, so. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Totally accurate, you right? Know? Yeah. This is what I <laughs> Also, though, like, smaller restaurants, like, independent restaurants, that's their livelihood. Like, nine times out of ten, that's, like, their only income. And they're living, like, the owners yeah. are living and breathing that restaurant, right? So they're pouring mm-hmm. their heart and soul into that, right? Yeah. And they, they, they want it to work because, like, not many people know it costs a hell of a lot of money to open up a restaurant. Like, yeah. a lot of Hundreds money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. More, sometimes millions. And it's yeah. crazy. And it's just, like, people don't really understand that. But when you have an independent restaurant, that's their livelihood, right? So they want to make sure that they're actually still bringing in money. So they're going to mm-hmm. take care of their people because it, it's a family, yeah. right? And at the end of the day, like, you're with these people for 12, 15, 16 hours a day. Yeah. They're your family. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're even closer to you than your family is, <laughs> yeah, right? right? So and, and you have to make it work. Right, exactly. Know? And as those people stay with you longer, 
they're going to um, have more value. Yeah, and have more value for your business. And work, like, harder for you. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. They always say, like, for food service businesses, every time you have to replace and recruit an employee, Mm -hmm. like, when you lose one, it costs about $5,000. Yeah, I can see that. But that becomes even more magnified the more, the longer time that person has been in your business. Absolutely. So, like, let's say you have a career server who's been at your place for 10 years, has a clientele that comes in that wants to be served by them and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that person could cost you like ten, fifteen thousand dollars to replace to get somebody back up to that level of um, yeah. speed, right? Especially if that person leaves and takes that clientele with them to another oh, restaurant. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about like my experience. Like before I had gotten my office job, I was the head bartender at this pub, right? So like I was there from Saturday night to Wednesday night and those were my nights. Like I closed those nights and I chose to have Thursday and Friday off because I didn't want to work those extremely busy days when I could make just as much money the other days because of my clientele. Exactly. Right? But when I left, I didn't even leave. Like I'm still moonlighting, but like when I had reduced my hours to like two to three nights a week instead of five or six, a lot of our clientele had actually left like a lot of our regulars like even though i didn't go to another bar like it's not like they were following me to another bar they kind of just stopped coming because they were like well it's not as vanessa yeah like i never let anybody go without with an empty glass like i knew everybody like before they sat at my bar their drink was waiting for them and it was there at their spot right like i knew I don't want to say their names, but I knew the guys from the other restaurant, like the other service workers, like I knew what their drinks were. And there was one gentleman that you know exactly who I'm talking about too. (laughs) Um, He always had like a Mill Street organic and a shot of tequila every single night. And he would finish about half a bottle of tequila. I know that's a lot. Sounds like a fun time. (laughs) He could drink though. Like I never questioned if he was drunk. I don't know where the hell he put it all, how the hell he did it, but he was never drunk. Every Anyways. time you turned around, the shot glass would be empty, and Vanessa would just be yep. filling it up with the tequila yeah. bottle right over the bar. I used to keep the bottle right next to him <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, I know that he's going to want more. But moral of the story was, as we lost like a ton of people because I left, and it makes me happy because I know that people like cared. But yeah, and it shows you yeah. how much value you have. Right, yeah. right. Um, I definitely did that uh, when I moved from one restaurant to another. Mm-hmm. I went from serving at a place and then I went to a place downtown that was just opening and I was like kind of the most nonchalant person in the interview when mm-hmm. I was talking with the manager because I was like well I'm already three years established at this other place so if you want me to leave like you better give me a good reason talk me up yeah uh, <laughs> so I was just I was pretty because I've already been serving for like 12 years so and you're like, kind of like I'm over it and you yeah, yeah. Not that I'm over it but I also know what I'm worth right so yeah, like exactly. I could walk in there I, you know it, I was just I worked downtown before I know the clientele right. I can make this work I'm also going to school so I can need these shifts right like this so, is what i need yeah. this is what i need and i hope that's fine and it worked make out it work. they hired me Do you want and it was me great work? and i was there for three years and it was an amazing place to work but it was yeah. very funny because like I really went in knowing yeah. my value. But you can't do that at those like those chain restaurants. You can only no. do that at the independent restaurants. Yeah. I feel like with this pub I went from working in a I wouldn't say a high end restaurant, but it was very, It was not like, high end at all. No, but, <laughs> but they tried to be high end. They were, they were right. wannabes. Huge. They were wannabe high end. So they were like, You have to do this this way, you do this this way, you can only have four table sections on a Friday, you're not to have any more, like and that's where I learned how to serve. So then I went from this try to be high end restaurant to this pub and I was literally was like just twelve thrown, table sections. I was like, thrown onto the floor and they were like, okay, this, 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 here you go, have fun. Yeah. So I got trained in the mornings and I got put on night shifts and I was full full time yeah. pre closer closer at that restaurant. Yeah. So like 
I kind of learned. Like, took it I learned like a champ, my worth. Though. Yeah, I learned what I was worth really, really fast there. Yeah. So when this new management came in, I was like, I'm done with your. There's bullshit. some people at our <laughs> restaurant that like they could not take it, and they no. like just they yeah. like fight or flight, and they totally sank to the bottom of the yeah. ocean. You know, you know your worth when shit hits the fan, and, and you're you still dealing with like the whole place because yeah. it's just shit hits the fan. Like you're the only person there. You're dealing with twenty tables, you're and like, you fuck. keep that afloat. <laughs> and you're just and laughing. You're just like, yeah, you keep that afloat though, and then you yeah. can turn around and be like, well, I know exactly how much value I can bring to this place because I kept that afloat. I yeah, exactly. Exactly. Low. No, I'm joking. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right? Um, okay. So. Um, if we were going to like have a fairy tale situation where we could like fix a problem when it comes to managing health <laughs> in a restaurant, what would you say your one fairy tale? Thing I'm gonna would be? let you go, Char, because you brought this up on the walk over here, and you were talking about it. Uh, already uh, exposed. I don't remember <laughs> benefits. Oh yeah. Yeah. So working, especially in this restaurant that I work at, these flights, like. I was hired, and then the manager was like, oh, by the way, you have to climb four flights of stairs to get your food. Like, is that fine? I was like, well, I don't really have a choice. It's too late like, now. My first shift is in four <laughs> hours. I guess I don't really have a choice. So I was talking about how, like, I think we should definitely have benefits, even just, like, massages or, like, mental health benefits, because we put up with a lot of shit. Like, if somebody yells at us because their drink is flat, we just have to take it, get them a new one, and smile. Even though they don't tip us, even though they are so aggressive and so rude to us, we just have to put on a smile and go for it. That's not even the worst of it, though. Like, it's verbal abuse and sometimes, like, physical abuse, too. There's been times, actually just the other day, we had a guest come into the restaurant, and it was, like, we already did last call or whatever, and he was very upset about that. He literally took menus and whipped them the menus at us and the manager because he wanted a Pepsi. Wow. Like yeah. just because uh, just because store downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I was just talking to Vanessa how like we should definitely have some sort of benefits or some sort of like something. Just yeah. to kinda I think massages, take a breather. Even if we got like an allowance for massages. Like yeah. I think I mean I know that sounds like a luxury to so many people and like it definitely is a luxury in some respects. But like I would be fine if our benefits didn't include dental, they didn't include yeah. prescriptions, they didn't include like all that shit. Like just give me an allowance for massages and massages alone. Something specific to what you do. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Like exactly. something that connects directly to you using your body and I need something to help me. Or chiropractor, yeah. like chiropractor. I guess I don't know what else is really. It's super but. gross, but pedicures. 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 Go, like, right? Your feet like that. hurt Pretty, so much. Uh, shoe allowance. Or yeah. Orthopedic, uh, ortho, well, we have to pay for shitty ass shoes and they're like $120 and they're not even good quality and they're no. like disgusting. Yes. They're right? just non-slips. Like those non-slips are not we should get the inserts, uh, yeah, like an allowance for inserts. Yeah. Like after even if even if like they said, Okay, you have to work X number of hours before you get this allowance, Definitely. I would even be content with that. You yeah. know oh, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, totally. Or um, whatever the case may be, or like for every I don't know, for every hundred hours you work, you get a hundred dollars towards a massage. Or like a hundred dollars yeah. towards like a pedicure or a massage. Like you get a hundred dollars towards so something. Gross. Yeah, and build a program with a business to make that like a reciprocal right, relationship. Yeah, like, and say, right. hey, we have something that we need fixed. Do yeah. you want to give us a deal if we send all our people to you? Or right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's sort of clever thinking that I think needs to start. Absolutely. Happen, right? Absolutely. And like, even if they asked me to bring in the receipt, like if they were like, okay, show me the receipt from your massage or from your pedicure or from your chiropractor or whatever else you want to get. Is. 
Yeah. Then I'd be like, okay, great, but you're going to pay it, right? And like, as long as they pay it, like, I don't really care or like pay their allowance or whatever it is, right? I think it also saved them a lot of money, the restaurant industry, a lot of money by giving us those opportunities because we get so exhausted or so worn down. There's been times where I called in sick because I got, I ran into a table or something and my back hurts. I threw my back out or I was climbing up the stairs and I hurt my knee. There's so many times I've had to call in sick because I don't have the time or the energy or the money to go to these facilities and get what I need in yeah. order to do my job properly. And none of those are covered by OHIP either. Nothing's so it's just like, no. And you can even build that into the shift, okay? So right. what happens when that person calls in sick or away because they're mm-hmm. hurt in some way or burnt out or whatever you have you, and they do that, let's say, like a day before, mm-hmm. and you need people to fill that space, how much strain are you putting on all your other employees yeah, when that person hard. doesn't come in? It's a vicious cycle. So then you kind of feel, as a server personally, I feel terrible calling in sick. Yes. I tried to call in sick once, and she actually told me no, even though I didn't have a voice. <laughs> and same actually on multiple (laughs) occasions like you just as a person you just kind of feel pity and you're like well I can't really do this because I work with this person and I love this person and I've built such a strong relationship with this person if I call in sick this is going to burn this person out so much like this person is going to have to deal with this many tables instead of x amount like that's the thing that we're this stress or what yeah Yeah. exactly we think about each other I rarely ever call in sick now because I'm just like even if I'm hurt I'm just you don't like, want to do just, that to somebody else. I just put up with it. I'm like, oh, I have a day off in four days. I can just have a break down, take out. a hot bath, <laughs> yeah. do whatever. The industry hides behind that, too. Um, and I think they get away with the... Um, they get away with saying, like, we're a family or whatever it is, right? In or, our location, it definitely is, though. But yeah, yes, in multiple... They get away with it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the other flip side of that, I think, is also the passion line. Yeah. We're really passionate about it, so we let things slide. I think you hear that more on the chef side. Oh, yeah. Uh, I oh, think yeah. you hear it on the server side, too, but you hear a lot on the chef side, and they hide behind that because they can't. So they're yeah. like, you know, oh, but it's such a passion job. Aren't you doing it because of the passion? And I'm like, yeah, but how long does a passion hold up an industry? Also, though, like, I'm sorry, but if you're in the back of house and you're in a sports bar, pub, or, like, just general restaurant, it's, like, unless it's independently owned or fine dining, you're not a fucking chef. You're, like, an assembly line. That's it. You know what I mean? Because, like, everything is created by a head chef. Like, you're not fabricating some amazing dishes you're not actually doing what you wanted to do and what you went to school for because yeah. I've never heard someone that went to chef school or whatever and was like oh I want to be a line cook <laughs> I went to like, social no, work yeah. yeah I was a social work and I'm in the restaurant industry full yeah. time like so. it's, but that's but that's what I mean though, right? Like you never hear of a back of house person being like, yeah, I went to school to become a line cook. Like nobody does, yeah. you know. So like they definitely do hide behind that, right? Because they're like, but you are passionate. You went to culinary yeah, school, right? right? The, that's the yeah. That's the fine line that I'm seeing. I've seen it yeah. across the board for years. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the industry is waking up to it. There's a fantastic podcast um, that I forget what it's called, made by Self Promo. <laughs> yeah, whatever. If you, they don't make it anymore, it came to an end. Oh. So I guess they didn't have enough <laughs> listeners. But they had a really fantastic episode where they yeah. had um, this is like a high-end place to try I forget what it's called and they had like someone who does all the training in this restaurant mm-hmm. somebody who's working there as like a chef mm-hmm. and then somebody who's just come on and is younger and watching those three go at each other about the industry was fantastic because <laughs> you have the person on the high who's been there for been in the industry for like 50 years yeah. who's like who's it's talking about way. like these horror stories yeah. and justifying them right and and then the guy in the middle also talking about horror stories, horror stories and justifying them and a person who just came out of coloring school culinary school and was like 
why? Yeah. Why are you putting up with that? Because the one guy had why like, is that I have a lot. Like the one guy has a story where he's like, yeah, I put a knife through my hand and I still work the shift. We had a guy. <laughs> we had a guy the... break his hand like on shift. Like, last week, not even. Not even last week. This he, weekend. Like, yeah. Yeah, he got pissed. Okay, it was his fault. <laughs> he did it to himself. But okay, there's like so many factors here. Like, the chef pissed him off because the chef wouldn't give him a break or something stupid like that. Yeah. Like, it was just really petty, and, like, the chef totally could have given him a break. I don't even remember if that's what the real I reason don't, was, I don't know but it was petty. And then he, he got really pissed off and punched, like... Something. Uh, well, he punched the, the countertop, like, where the, the cutting boards are, and he, like, dislocated a knuckle and, like, or dislocated or broke it. I don't remember. He broke it. He broke, he broke it. it. So he comes into work... We were both working, like, yesterday. yesterday. And he comes into work, and his hand's, like, fucking black and blue. And he's like, it's fine. I'm just going to get through this shit. Yeah, he can't move it. He's like, oh, I'm just going to work. I'm just going to work. I can't afford to take time off. And he works in back house. Yeah, he's yeah. obviously he back food. house. <laughs> but, yeah, and, like, the chef was kind of just like, well, you're, like, again, hiding behind him. He's like, well, this is what you love to do. Like, you got to do it, you know? And it's just Yeah, like, right? And, and it's like, he, wait, that, that should be somebody saying, no, you need to yeah. get that checked out. He well, literally he did. said. He did, like, four days later. He yeah. did go, and the doctor was like, you need surgery. Like, you need pins in your hand. And he's like, I can't afford to take time off. <laughs> right. So uh, that's like... That's it right there. We see, yeah. that. we see that across. The- I'm wondering, I've already heard so many stories of this. I'm wondering when oh we gosh. get to crazy restaurant stories that you could even one-up yourselves at this point because you're already, like, dropping the stories. Mm-hmm. Maybe, okay, maybe, should I leave it at that for the interview portion at maybe. this moment? <laughs> um, I know we've been talking, like, all sorts of the crazy stuff, and I think this is great because yeah. so many people don't know. <laughs> the people who listen to this, who I've talked to, that don't work in the industry and never have, they're find like, this what the so fuck? eye-opening. They're like, yeah. oh, my God. Uh, they're like, I had no idea. And I'm like, really? Tip your service. Uh, <laughs> no, you know. You know, yeah, tip your servers, please. Ten uh, percent uh, is not good. Yes, um, we have to tip out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe we should leave that at this moment in time because uh, I'm already like hitting my uh, end of. We're the close to the day. end. We're into the. We're near the close to the end, and I think. I think that's good. I think we got a lot okay. of good stuff. We ended cool. with the benefits. We talked about that. Yes. That that would be the best thing, and I think. Absolutely. Let's leave it at that for a moment. We'll take okay. a little break. All right. Come back to do our crazy restaurant stories. I have a really good one. I have so many good ones. (laughs) Perfect. Fantastic. We will be right back. Hey, listeners, I have a little request that I hope you can help me out on. I am looking to interview someone who works in nightlife. So, food service industry still, but we're talking more like nightclubs, bars, really loud music, people get a little boisterous, people having fun. I want to talk with somebody who works in that. So if you know someone or if you listen to this and you're doing that, please come chat with me. I'd love to have you on the show. I also want to connect with the dishwasher. So if anybody is a dishwasher and wants to come on the show, please hit me up. That being said, for everyone else, if you want to help support this show, share it around. Let people know that you're listening to it. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and other places that I'm probably also on. So go find that, subscribe, and if you like an episode, send it to someone. Or share it on your social media. Tag me in it at Balance Life Services on Instagram or B underscore life underscore services on Twitter. Or just tag me on Facebook. You probably know me, so just tag me on Facebook when you share it around. 
because uh, I love recording these, and I want to make sure that a lot of people know about these, because there's lots of stories in the food service industry, and I absolutely love hearing them. So please go do all those things, and then finally, go join that Health Kitchen Facebook group where we chat about ways to make your workday a little bit easier, to make your workday um, a little bit more fun, less hard on your body, so you can enjoy the rest of your life. So go join that as well. It's called Hell's Kitchen. You can find it on Facebook. With that being said, we're going to get back to our crazy restaurant stories. And I am telling you right now, Vanessa has taken the cake. She is the current champion of crazy restaurant stories. It gets crazy. It's a fun time. And I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's get back there and listen in. So... We are back, and we're getting into those crazy restaurant stories. And I always start, because, you know, why not? And I, we were talking so much about, like, suburban restaurants, and I worked at one. And it reminded me of a story where it was probably one of my worst nights at that restaurant. (laughs) And it was the night where everything starts to go wrong, and Mm -hmm. why. And it was sort of a particular situation of the why. So, I was working at this very large pub, we're talking, like, 400 seats, and... I was just about to go to Europe for six weeks on a vacation, very excited, trying to make a little bit extra money. The management was cutting people for the night, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, cutting means you get to go home. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not that they're like literally cutting you, but they say you're cut and you know that it's time for you to go home. But they were doing that and I said, Aaron, do you want to stay on or do you want to be cut at this point? And I said, you know what, I will stay on because I'm going to be away for six weeks. It was really quiet at that point. It was really slowing down. I was like okay, we're going to have, like, 20 more minutes, and then I'll get to go home, and maybe I'll get one more table. Whatever. Little did you know. (laughs) Little did you know that um, in the next parking lot over, the power went out. And Mm -hmm. another chain restaurant, the power went out, and because the power went out, there's, like, a health and safety regulation that you can't serve people when the power goes out in your business. So they had to stop service altogether and tell all these people that they just had to leave. And they maybe haven't gotten their food yet or they're halfway through their food. So we have a whole restaurant of very angry people (laughs) walk up the parking lot to our pub and walk in very angry when we have less staff on and we're managing that. So I went from like two tables to like 15 in all of like 10 minutes. Um, And you're just dealing with the chaos of that. You're running around. And I know it got to the point where I was just kind of walking up to tables because I've always had this rule and I don't know if it's professional or not. Uh, but I always found this rule that when shit hit the fan, I would just start telling tables what they were supposed to be doing and what to have done by the time I got back. It's not <laughs> professional, but it's just how I manage the situation. Yeah, but you could totally say that in a nicer way. Like, oh, yeah. There's ways to say it, right? You'll be yeah. like, here's the drink menu. I'll be back in two minutes to get your order. Literally, and it's like doing right? the exact same thing as like basically telling them to get it. Yeah, right? and you so, take their drink order and you're yeah. like, I'm going to be back with the drinks and I will grab your food order. Right, and you just like kind of explain it to them and like hold their hand through it and then they kind of like understand. You just yeah. have to verbalize it, but you're basically telling them what to do. So I get exactly. that. And on top of that, the other server who was on was kind of useless and I ended mm. up like sniping <laughs> bunch of tables off Story of that. Right? So the rest of the team isn't great so you end up yeah. just sniping a ton of tables because they can't get it together yeah and you're more concerned about keeping the ship afloat than actually like oh, fairness okay. yeah right? you don't so give a shit i took like 15 tables i probably should have only ended up with 10 of them never <laughs> but i just took them all and then she was mad at me at the end of the night but i don't really care um so, does anyone you yeah, made all no the money and it was lots of it was a long time ago and whatever so that's sort of the story that came to my mind 
for funny yeah. restaurant stories this time around of those situations when shit hits the fan, but do you have one? I have, like, a really crazy one. Um, this one goes back, like, a year ago, and at that point I was acting AGM, which is Assistant General Manager, for those that don't know, and uh, I was the bartender as well as managing, and there was only one server on the floor, so it was just two of us in the entire restaurant, which is fine, whatever. And uh, anyways, it was quiet, and this guy walks in. He must be, like, in his 40s, like, I would assume. He had, like, a little gray at the temples, like, whatever, but he was dressed, like, immaculately, immaculately done. Um, (laughs) Success. Yes, success. He had, like, a YSL lapel pin on, and he was, like, he was dressed to the nines. Like, you could tell this guy had money, right? So he sits at, like, the most private booth possible, and then this girl walks in, and she's got to be my age, and I'm, like, 22, just FYI. Um, (laughs) I was 21 at the time I was younger. Um, But she walks in, and she's, like, checking her phone, looking up, looking around, doesn't know what she's looking for, goes and sits with this guy. So I'm like, okay, cool, like, father-daughter, like, whatever, it's fine. And then, like, in comes another girl, and I, like, they were still looking at drink menu, so I hadn't gone over yet, and whatever, it was fine. And then the girl, the second girl walks in and she does the exact same thing, like checks her phone, looks around, whatever. She goes and sits with him. So at that point, I like go over and I'm like, hey, like, let me get you guys something to drink. And this guy was like, we'll have three rolling rocks or whatever it was. I think it was rolling rocks at the time. And I was kind of just like, okay, sure. Right. Because like, that's definitely not a father daughter relationship there if he's ordering for them. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to get the rolling rocks and like this third girl walks in and like goes and sits with them as well. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Um, so anyways, I go back, bring them their three rolling rocks. The guy, I asked her, I was like, can I get you something to drink? And she was like, she just looked at me. And then the guy said to me, she'll have what we're having. So again, I know that that's not a father-daughter relationship there, whatever. And it's Rolling Rock. And it's Rolling Rock, right. So they're all drinking, like chatting. It's totally awkward. Like I could tense the, sense the tension. Wow, what is wrong with me today? I could sense the tension at the table and I was kind of just like, hey girls, like look over there. Like there were servers sitting at the bar. I was like, watch, something's gonna happen. I called it, I called it, called it, called it. Um, anyways, the girls were all thinking that the guy was cute and they were all like staring at him. It's fine. And then, so we had a shuffleboard table, which is kind of like curling. It's like table curling. So we had a shuffleboard table and all four of them like get up to go play. And we're like, I'm tending to my bar. I have like a full bar. It's all the regular. So it's like a fun night. And then in walks this girl who's again, like I would say in her late thirties. We're at number four. Yeah. We're number four four girl. Number four lady. But this is his wife, as it turns out. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Did it go down? Back the fuck up. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> this girl walks in, and I'm like, my jaw drops. She's fucking stunning, man. Like, she's gorgeous. She's got, like, Louboutins on. She's, like, wearing a Prada bag. Like, Prada's my favorite fucking designer. We don't get people in this bar, okay? So, like, my eyes are like, damn, girl, you know? And she, like, looks, and, like, she gives this guy, like, the biggest stink eye. I've never seen a girl walk so fucking fast in stilettos in my life. And she, like, marches over there, but she keeps it cool. She's not yelling. She's, like, not yelling. Um, and I could see the guy, like, he his face went white. Like, he was just like, what the fuck? Um, so I let them, like, go at it for a bit. They're not, like, yelling, but you could see that there's tension. And then afterwards, I walk over. I'm like, hi, love. Can I get you something to drink? Like, whatever. And I'm, I'm totally playing it cool, right? I'm, yeah. like, trying to, like, I'm... And also I'm, here to yeah. listen in. Yeah, I'm like, here I am, right? I'm, like, stirring the pot a little bit, you know, checking in. Um, and the girl was like, no, thank you. I'm great. Like, she's totally very respectful to me. I'm, like, actually applauding her for how professional she was and how, like, 
together she had it so they're going at it and then i go back to the bar and they start like yelling like top fucking volume yelling and um the guy like snaps me over like he puts his hand in the air and like snaps me over and i like that's the worst thing that could ever happen but i was like i didn't care at this point or the hand raise yeah Yeah. coming in for a landing like here's the airplane you know don't do that no (laughs) Um, so I go over, I'm like, hi, is everything okay? And he was like, I need the bill now. And of course I have to stir the pot a little bit more. And I'm like, is it one bill or seven bills? <laughs> I have to stir the pot, you right? You can't help yourself. No, I couldn't help myself. And he's like, one bill. So I go get the bill. This is the best part. The best part is coming up. So I go bring him the bill. I obviously bring the machine because nobody fucking pays in cash anymore. And one of the girls that walked in was like, can I just have my money? You're wasting my time. What? 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 And then the guy was like, he ignored her. And the wife was like, you're paying them? And she shrieked. Like, she's like, you're paying them? And then the guy was like, no, I'm not. I promise. And like the one girl, the girl that asked for her money, she's like, well, I need my money. And then the wife was like, how much? And of course, he's trying to play it off. And he's like, I don't remember. And he, and she's like, bull fucking shit. And then she looks directly at the girl that asked for the money, like locked eyes with her and was like, how much does he owe you? And she's like, $400. And then the guy, or like the wife was like, you're paying $1,200? Like, because there was three girls. For three. <laughs> Do the math. Right. Hopefully so, they all talked about it and had planned. I hope so. Right? I hope like, like <laughs> as soon as they heard you're paying, they just yeah. got the rate. I right. they were just like, sorry, it's, it's like 800 now. now. Yeah, yeah, 800 like and <laughs> double it. Um, but anyway, so she's like, you're paying them, freaks out, ends up storming off. One of the girls ends up following her. I don't know why. Maybe she had like an honor conscious. She's like, I got to apologize to this woman. Like, whatever, whatever. I'm a homewrecker. Yeah, you are, girlfriend. Sorry. Um, and then the one girl that asked for the money is just chilling, like sitting on her phone, like whatever. The guy ends up like not even finishing his credit card payment like he paid but like he just like didn't even care for the receipt just like took off after his wife yeah and then the third girl like follows the guy and i'm like why are you following him but that girl that asked for the money sat there and finished her drink and everybody else's drink she she's like <laughs> in it. Yeah. i like her right I like me her. too she's, yeah she's great she's right great. Yeah, she was just chilling, like, it was fine. But anyways, like, all this goes down, and, like, all of the heads had turned, and, like, we're watching at this point. So it was, like, really fucked up. I've never experienced something like that in my life. And, like, I could call it from the second that there was three ladies there and one guy. They were all escorts. I don't know if they ended up getting paid. I have no idea. But his night... I'm pretty sure he's divorced and now paying alimony. And now paying lots of alimony. (laughs) So there's Uh, that. (laughs) You know what? Okay, that reminds me of another sort of... I always say the magic, but I think one of the special things about the service industry Mm -hmm. is that we get to see stuff happen between people in ways that no one else can. So, like, this doesn't happen in the office. You usually don't ever get anything, like, in an office job. You don't get it in a warehouse job or anything like this. But, like... These sort of interactions come out of the wash in oh, front yeah. of us in a way that no one else does. It sounds like you have a story. Do you have a story? Well, just like a couple stories. Just like I worked at my first restaurant I worked at, I had a party of two come in. It was a reservation. Oh, God. And <laughs> when he came and sat down, he was meeting his wife there. It was like the Valentine's Day dinner, all romantic kind of thing. He comes in, he sits down, and I go over, same type of thing, like, hi, I'm Trissa, like, blah, blah, blah. Can I get you something to drink? He goes, Where's my roses? I was like, oh, sorry? What? He was like, I ordered roses. I told you guys I wanted roses at this booth right now. And I was like, 
sorry, like, we don't really do that. We are a restaurant. We're not a flower shop. Like, I don't <laughs> have any roses here. He was like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, blah, 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 blah. He's like, I'm supposed to propose to my wife right here, right now. Like, where's my freaking roses? And starts throwing a fit. So, of course, we had to accommodate and we found some like roses that were at the front desk or something You're like here like, you go here you go here's your roses and had them set out and then this guy was just so extra he's just like i want this when i proposed to her i want the music to be silent i want a private booth i want roses i want this i want that and i'm just like i don't really like how much are you tipping me dude yeah, it's like come on like i paid off commission so anything is possible uh, if anything with a is price possible day. if you're willing to pay me in cash yeah exactly uh, but like the or e-transfer or e-transfer whatever <laughs> Venmo me it's fine. yeah exactly uh, but the uh, that's the funny thing is if you were gonna do something like that you'd think you'd call the restaurant and have that planned out yeah like right? he was that's like, usually how that goes like I've dealt with proposals and you know everything yeah the guy like sets up a meeting they talk it out it's all orchestrated that's great but like you don't do it like on the fly yeah he was you like also I don't... talked to the host and I talked to the manager and I was like well do you have names because there's like, nothing like in these notes here. I feel I don't like know we would have known doing. something like that. Like, if there was something big going on like that, like, that would be made known All at the pre All it said pre-shift. was proposal. It didn't say anything about the flowers, nothing about the music, nothing about the booth. Here's whatever. a glass of so champagne so, after. Congratulations. He was so unhappy. <laughs> right. But then you uh, lucky the, lady to live with you for the rest of her <laughs> life. <laughs> right. You go to the other extreme of, like, same type of situation, like you were Raptors Nights. Oof. Or, like... The Raptors, Raptors just playoff. hit the playoffs. We don't know what we're dealing with. There's not enough servers on the floor. Like, we know that it's going to be busy, but don't know how busy. So on those Raptors nights, we would Oof. have... How many servers do you think would be on the floor? Probably well, like six, <laughs> that six was or rough. seven. Yeah, it was like six or seven. And but that wasn't enough, though, right? It was yeah. not enough. <laughs> you enough. have four table sections, five table sections, but the table sections are not the amount of seats. The four tables is actually like a 10 table or like the six table is actually a 20 table because people just pile in. They're just kind of Yeah, they're the taking whatever they can get. The one night, the very, the game that the Raptors won the playoffs. Game six. Whatever it was. I don't know. <laughs> at that point, I was Burned just like. in our memory. It was just gone at that night. We had, at a party in like these little booth tables and yeah. they were so rowdy. We have Steins which are like big Simpson mugs. Yeah. That's how I explain it. Big Simpson mugs that they yep. drink from. And they were like throwing them up <gasps> in the air, oh my gosh. splashing all over the roof. That's crazy. I'm saying, oh, oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> I was crazy. like, what? Yeah. what happened? <laughs> no, they, yeah. Just that night, I remember going home and I was soaked in beer and I was just so upset. But then as soon as you sit down and you get that cash out, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's I, can, fine. I don't mind it's going home ish. soaked in beer. It's fine. It's fine-ish. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. You know, the escort story, the craziness of it all, like, I have seen that happen in some ways. I've seen yeah. divorces happen at tables. Yeah. Oh, i that happen. I have served people out. Uh, there was a guy that I served all the time downtown Guelph that mm-hmm. was coming in with women all the time, and then his wife came in. <gasps> oh my god! When he wasn't there, and said like, "I'm seeing all these credit card transactions here. What's happening?" Ooh, FBI! I was, I was, I wasn't the host. I had to deal with that. I was, I don't know what I'd say. Did right? you ever wear a wedding ring? Did you notice? I didn't notice, but he would Girls always. He was that. always coming in with different <laughs> women, and it was like. Wow, yeah. I didn't know idea that you had a wife. I thought you were just coming in with like coworkers or whatever, but I was like Tinder. Oh, duly noted. Um, all the time. So yeah. that was something that I saw all the time too, uh, and those sorts of things. But I think that's some pretty good story. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Thank you so much, you two, for coming so on. Welcome. I think we had a lot of fun. I think this yeah. episode 
is pretty funny, and I also think it shows a little bit of the craziness that front of house stuff. Yeah. I was honestly thinking about it today, and I was like, I haven't really had on any servers yet. I've had yeah. on mostly chefs. I've had on one okay. bartender, but I hadn't had people who have served and also served in like various places. So uh, it's this fun. Is, it fills in that gap for me, and I think it shines a little bit of light on the craziness. You're ending the year with a bang, a lighthearted bang. Yes. Please do not Yes. Yes. New Year's. We're recording this in December, but it will come out who knows when. So, like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I didn't think we're ending the year, but actually, like, the listeners, when you see this, you're in the future, by the way. Yes. I don't know if you know this, but you're in the future, listeners. Yes. When you hear this. So, thank you so much. You're so welcome. And thank you for having us. Yeah. And we will leave it at that. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hell's Kitchen podcast. Now, if you want to contact me, my email is aaron at balancelifeservices.ca. My Twitter is b underscore life underscore services. My Instagram is balanced underscore life underscore services. And don't forget to go join that Facebook group, Hell's Kitchen, where you can connect with all sorts of working food service professionals to find out what works for them what isn't working for them and find some people who maybe know how to help you have a better work day and remember if you want to be a guest on this podcast send me an email i'd love to chat with you see ya